welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep Block Talk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Another legend lost, while a could have been legend continues to lose his mind. It's time for the Pop 5 Weekly Wrap Up. If a headline was made, then it's fair game for Shade. And joining me on the panel this week is Zalika and Mikey. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. What up? Enthusiasm. I love it. Amazing. How are we all today? Getting over allergies. Uh huh, uh huh. Allergies. Zalika, what about you? You know, just sitting in this big armchair, relaxing, taking a nice day off, not doing any work whatsoever. I hear sarcasm. Yeah, I had brunch in an hour. Let's see how this works. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Um, I see we're going with a bearded look today. Yeah, no shave November. I start early because I don't like the way my beard looks when I don't like. Start it in November. Yeah, so I'm just like, let me just start now. That's fair, that's fair. Mikey is going to do Shave November, where he shaves every single day in November. You have jokes. That's a lot of commitment. The only time I had that commitment was when I was shaving the top of my head, and I still couldn't do this. Wow. It's too much, so I will not be doing that. Sorry. Fine. My dreams will continue to die. Good. I love that for you. We will be taking five pop culture topics, headline stories, and rather than the usual rapid fire, we will be breaking them apart and share our thoughts. There are lots of things happening in the given week, so some of your favorite moments might not be included. But if you want us to discuss something, reach out, DM me at Michael Block Talk on Instagram, no promises. And this is when you listeners need to um, advocate for your uh, panelists because your panelists are very pissed off at me that I didn't include certain topics this week. So now the panelists have to reach out to the listeners and say, go hound him and make sure this is discussed. I mean, or you could just pick topics that are big news. Yeah. Wow, Shady McShaderson. I mean, you're, I'm going to keep my, my opinions to myself until we start talking. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of comments and reviewing, uh, Mikey, you are becoming um, the second coming of Michael Block. You are a theater critic now. What? She already done been a theater critic for a while, sis. She's just getting paid to do it now. Mm-hmm. I love that um, you are journeying into that world. Um, it's fun, isn't it? It's great. I love it. I'm actually getting media accredited as we speak and will uh, hopefully be getting some uh, free tickets because right now paying is not fun. Um, but I actually See? have an interview tomorrow morning with uh, Giles, Co- Giles Croft, the director of Kite Runner. We're going to discuss... Uh, him directing the show from West End to, or from regional theater to West End to bringing it to Broadway. And um, yeah, it's great. I'm getting a lot of opportunities from it. I'm 
getting a little bit of side change from it, which is even better. Um, very fun, very fun. I um, didn't get an uh, interview for the uh, theater critic job I applied for a couple weeks ago, so that was fun. Sorry. Fun times. It's all right. It was for um, New York Magazine and Vulture. Uh, no big deal, right? I'm sorry I'm living your dream. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Listen, I can go back to that world as easily as I want to. I, I, I was part of desk, bitches. I was good at what I did. You should do it then. And, I, and I'm enjoying it a lot. And it's fun going and seeing shows. And I just saw three completely by myself. And it was even better because I could just watch it. And if like, it didn't have to feel like I was performing for the person I was with, I could just like not enjoy something or overly enjoy something that's what i loved about it um but as i've said many times on the podcast before i have resting critic face so it may look like i'm not enjoying something but i'm just taking it in and i'm also formulating my thoughts as i'm watching you have to go see titanic no you um if there's an understudy on for frankie grande i will go that part He's barely in it. I'm going to be honest, because I'm not a fan. The only thing I want, the only merch they had I wanted to buy had his face on it. So needless to say, I bought nothing. Um, but it, he was barely in the show. It was really more about Merle. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll consider it. I'll consider it. Um, just as a reminder, Glam Award nomination time. People don't fuck it up. Nominate me. You may nominate Zalika if Zalika wishes as well. Yeah, best friends, best breakthrough, best competition, all that jazz. Best hot mess. Thank you. All right. Um, we will begin with the biggest topic of the week and the saddest news. The delightful lady of our youth has passed on. Dame Angela Lansbury has died at the age of 96. The icon of stage, television, and screen left a lasting legacy in all of her mediums with legendary roles. Her her accolades included five Tony Award wins with roles such as Mrs. Levitt in Sweeney Todd and Auntie Mame in Mame, a 12-season run as Jessica Pletcher on Murder, She Wrote, and a ability to light up our childhoods as Mrs. Potts in the animated classic Beauty and the Beast and her starring role in Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Friends and co-stars paid tribute to Lansbury on social media, as well as NASA sharing a cosmic rose they plucked by their Spitzer Space Telescope. Friends... What will you remember Angela Lansbury best for? Mikey? Well, MAME was actually the first musical I ever did. The first show I was ever in was MAME. I was young Patrick Dennis at like 10 years old. Did you open uh, a new window? I did. It, it, like, this is, she is who, what got me into theater. Like, that role, that show, she originated i mean that is what kind of propelled me forward and got me involved and i mean she's just it's probably one of my favorite roles she's ever had she's and everyone that's ever interacted with her said she was kind and she was generous and she was so passionate about everything like it was i don't get like heartbroken over celebrities this one this one almost got me and then i remembered i did not physically know her so it didn't go there but like it she she i owe a lot of who i am because of who she is and was yeah i I think she was definitely um someone who is a gateway into a lot of um art for a lot of people not just queer people but for many people um i mean for me really it was beauty and the beast i was probably it was probably the first disney animated film of my formative years that i remember 
um, because I was actually old enough to remember it while the two of you were barely even born. Oh, born I love yet. that I'm so young. Um, uh, so, I mean, her as Mrs. Potts is always going to be the thing that I'll always remember her by. But then you you open a new window, open a new door, and then you see uh, Mame, you see Sweeney Todd, you see Ben Oz of Rooms. There's so much that she has done um, and has and, and she never stopped. Um, she was just on Broadway a couple of years ago. She she literally never stopped and um, was always doing good roles. She never got a fucking um, Academy Award for anything she did, which is insane. Neither did Glenn um, Close. Well, she is still alive, according to the world. Uh, so there's still a chance. Uh, there, there's still a chance. Um, listen, there are still the rumors of Sunset Boulevard, the movie. Um, that could be it. Zalika, what will you remember Angela Lansbury by? So I honestly didn't really know, remember who she was. Like, obviously, we've all seen media. She's been in everything. Um, I didn't remember who she was right away. But then when I saw that she was in Miss Potts, I got really sentimental and sad. Was a fellow Disney gay. Um, hi, Disney gays. Um, but like, what I did really find really cool was what I didn't know was she actively like had people who were older in their careers like get jobs so they could keep their like benefits and their security and all that stuff, which I think is really fucking cool because a lot of people forget to that. Mm-hmm. So more of anything, her legacy will be to like empower people to continue working and to keep going and keep doing it and just because you're a certain age doesn't mean your career is over she really is someone who said you have to lead with kindness like she was kind there was nothing ever negative about her maybe there was but we just never really knew about it um and 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 she's had a long career um it is very interesting that a lot of her biggest roles really came in the later years which really means don't give up never give up obviously we want to pay um uh, a little tribute to our dear drag friend angela mansbury uh this is obviously a very tough week for her but um i'm sure she's gonna get a lot of coin tomorrow at her bingo gig oh yeah but she does a, a murder she wrote um inspired bingo and and has really introduced a lot of gays of astoria to the television show uh, that lasted 12 years 12 years of that show how how did you how do they come up with so many weird ass stories? Repetition. Don't ask me, ask um what's her name? Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie. Are we an Agatha Christie fan here? Oh, I love Agatha Christie. If I could get into murder mysteries, I would probably love the bitch. Um but does that mean you don't like clue? No, I do like Clue, the movie. Okay, good. That gonna, movie's yeah. camp. I was going to say, I was going to yeah. say. Camp is different. Yeah. It's still a murder mystery. Uh, sure. Mr. Body's dead. Who did it? Murder mystery. Boom. Well, is there anything else we would like to say on Dame Angela Lansbury before we move on? Mikey, did you sing um, uh, a Mame in her honor when she passed? No. Isn't it sad that she didn't get to do the film version? I, I can't talk about that. I could go on a whole dissertation <laughs> about it. I can't. Lucy sucked. That uh, voice. The, many times Lucy did not know what the fuck she was doing in her career, but that's neither here nor there. Don't Again. watch being the Ricardos. Damn. I did already. 
Tell the listeners, don't do it. Terrible performance. All right. Let's move on. And yet, are we surprised? Kanye West has now been restricted from Twitter and Instagram for his anti-Semitic remarks. As if stepping out with Candace Owens wearing White Lives Matters hoodies, Kanye is locked out of his accounts for violating politic- policies through the man, though the man truly believes he cannot be anti-Semitic as he's been, quote, toyed with by Jewish people. Not only has he alluded to Jews being the creators of cancel culture now, he threatened to go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. At this point in time, we should be discussing him only to give awareness to the people who still follow him about his awful and dangerous ways. But the question begs, how and why is he like this? Because y'all on the internet said he was funny. Who? Who? Not me. His fans, his fans let him do this. They're now jumping through hoops to justify his statements and to like say that he's this like second coming of whatever. Like they all have sat there and let this man behave like a fucking buffoon. And, and now he's doing this. And, and America let it happen too. I mean, he's been going on unhinged interview after unhinged interview and even people that are like not fans of his are like, well, you know, I had to go to the show. You didn't have to go to the show or, oh, I had to buy the, uh, no, you don't have to buy the album or the shoes or the this or the that. Like we as a society allowed him to continue to be mainstream culture. And that is on us. I mean, not me specifically, because I've never bought a single fucking Kanye thing in my entire life, but like. He's been unhinged for a while and people ate it up like fucking candy, like his fucking Christian rock album that he did. I've never been a fan of his. Even when the hype was there and everyone was like, oh my God, this is one of the greatest albums of all time. I just never saw it. It was never my style of music. It was never something extraordinary. Sure, some of the music was good, fun to listen to and made its impact in music, pop culture, but at what point is it fair to remove the artist from the art? And at what point do we just say, forget it, we're done. Get rid of it all. This is a big question. I know, and we've asked it many times in this podcast about other people and, and, and with him. It just, it's, it's becoming dangerous because we have found when people have a platform, they say things, it latches on and, and social media just goes running. This is completely a different topic, but the past week, I don't know if you've seen it the way I've seen it, is everybody is sharing these memes and these stories about, oh my God, Death Becomes a Revival movie with Anne Hathaway, Kate Winslet, Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. That's old news from two plus years ago. It's been debunked, but because it's been circulating again, everyone thinks it's new and it's going to happen. It's old, but this is the problem of when one person puts it on a platform, it takes off. And this is why Kanye being restricted from social media is so important because then he can't do this shit. But when he goes on Tucker Carlson, doesn't matter. It's basically the same exact thing. I honestly think he should have got arrested already for all the harassment that he's put like all those CEOs and people through and like sending people porn apparently and all the harassment he put his wife, ex-wife through. And like, I really genuinely think the problem is, is that as a society, especially what you're saying is correct, but like when people have any sort of platform or any sort of like they're a celebrity, 
they're somewhat untouchable, which is very fucking annoying. Like, even look at Alex Jones. Like, he just got his sentencing, but because he has an audience, he thinks he's untouchable. He's like, oh, all that money, yeah, ha, ha, ha. They're not going to see it. Like, just because you have any sort of celebrity does not mean that you don't have a responsibility. It doesn't mean that you could say whatever you want. And it's really frustrating. And because I think cancel culture has a part to do with it because it got so oversaturated now that people think they're untouchable even more so like they're like oh it like cancel culture got so like i just said oversaturated that like people think that it's not relevant to them anymore or that like oh like okay great i'm getting canceled again cool on to the next one you know what i mean yeah um i mean i feel like there is no way to um do it but is there any way his career can ever be repaired or is it done I mean, I, I don't want it to be repaired, but like, I don't, it's, it, it, I, we have seen, or at least I think I, like, oh, in less extreme cases, like Mama June, she was canceled because she, like, I don't know that I could be, I'm paraphrasing, but like, she neglected her kids, she turned to drugs, whatever she did, but now she's forgiven and has like a whole new reality, had it at a point, I don't know, this isn't up to date, but she was forgiven in a way that she was brought back to the limelight and like, had a redemption arc or whatever so dumber people got redemption arcs so i wouldn't be surprised if he got one do i want him to have one no but knowing our society i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised not defending her at all but like obviously the situation is a little different it's a completely um, different because I mean, like, like her, her story is what other people in the country go through as well anti-semitic remarks that that that's a different level of well yeah no, i know i yeah i was just a generalized like no no i i, I know to see how our society operates and like but also like has he been canceled like yeah the left's no. like what the fuck but like he hasn't been canceled so why even think redemption arc like for what for him to then be liked by quote the left i don't think that's ever going to happen because it's just getting him more and more fans by leaning into this so until he starts act until everyone in the country because like everyone was in agreement Mama June neglecting poor Honey Boo Boo and uh, you turning to drugs, like that was something deplorable. And then watching her journey through the show, because I did watch it, um, and like kind of re-working through the steps, working through her sobriety, working with her kids, like trying to rebuild those relationships. That was something we were rooting for. That was a redemption we wanted to see. There's no, there's no need to redeem somebody who right now technically is not canceled, and I don't think ever will be, because this country's so polarized and he's leaning into one side rather than the other that we are a part of. If we were on the now, right I, side, I, we'd be talking about how Kanye's finally awake and saying what needs to be said. So that's what I was going to bring up. I don't know the history of Kanye West. I don't know his ideology and how it got to this point. Is this things that he believes in or is the, are these things that have been regurgitated because he's been told to say things like this it kind of feels a little bit of both because like i have to be bluntly honest i kind of in the beginning was paying attention to the shit he said and things he did but after a while like i was like you gotta shut the shit out because like i as someone who has lived on a minor scale i don't have the biggest voice so anything i can't fight Kanye West Kim Kardashian couldn't fight Kanye West like I what am I going to do so like I kind of been like muting him and not like giving him the attention that he's desperately seeking but that being said 
I don't know. It, it honestly, as is the country that we live in, people eat shit up. So like, it doesn't even like he could. He's doing what he's doing, and he's still not really facing anything. He got his Instagram suspended. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just another long line of conservatives who've gotten their Instagram suspended. So now it's like a badge of honor. Yeah. He very much feels like a puppet because I don't believe some of the things he even says. It just, he, he's just, I don't know. I don't know. I just really don't understand it. I never understood him. Um, not an excuse. It's not an excuse. And, I, and again, but- like when we go to looking back at his music and you have him believing he's, the second coming of the Messiah is Jesus. Maybe we should have known them. Uh, you ha- this is tricky because this is also where like things changed when his mother died. Mm-hmm. It's when his mental health declined rapidly. That's when the whole second coming of Jesus, Black Messiah thing started happening with him. Um, and I do, and that's when he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And I do think, you know, he is refusing to take medication. He is because he, for a while, he was, everyone hate everyone on the conservative side hated him because he got on national TV and said, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Right. I mean, I think that when his mom died, a switch flipped in him and it's just kind of led him now down this path. And, and that happens for people. They handle grief in weird ways and, and it's different for everyone. And sometimes it does cause people to flip to a different side of the political spectrum. Politics aside, um, he needs help, and I hope he gets the yes. help he needs. Um, we've said it every single time we discuss him. Um, uh, I don't know what's going to be the thing to help him because the more that you have people like Candace Owens and Tucker Carlson feeding into his ego, he's not going to see that he needs help. So um, at some point, it, it's all going to crack, and I hope no one gets hurt first. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, well, y'all, chew to your tobacco and spit because Blake Shelton is leaving The Voice, finally. After 23 seasons, the OG coach of the hit reality show is saying goodbye to the easiest gig in the biz, sitting in a spinning chair and listening to music. Originally, alongside Adam Levine, Christina Aguilera, and CeeLo Green, Shelton has coached with literally everybody, including his wife, Gwen Stefani, Kelly Clarkson, John Legend, Ariana Grande, Jennifer Hudson, Miley Cyrus, Usher, Pharrell, and it goes on and on and on and on. Let's discuss this first. Why, Mikey, is he leaving? You can only do that gig for so long before your career is either tanking and you need to get back out there or you run out of money and you need to go on tour and that schedule doesn't really allow for going on tour. I mean, he's alluded that it's really because he wants to be um, spending more time with his wife. Which is totally fine. I get that too and respect that. Like, he was on the show with him sometimes, so it's not like he doesn't see her. But it's also um, two seasons a year. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, the filming schedule is actually a little lighter than we, we think it is because they do a lot of those pre-tapes in like two, three days. Yeah. Because um, I did one of the virtual audiences during COVID and I was like, I'm sitting here for six hours and I've watched basically three episodes. Um, it is a very, very easy gig. But um, I think it's just time like for a show like this that really is about coaching and mentoring. And I say that very lightly. I know I'm not as big of a fan as you are, Mikey. Um, I think it's time for a, a, a spin of a new coach. I think it's right. time for a very different voice in country music to take his slot. One who knows um, what they're doing. Sure. Now, now Zalika, um, 
who do you think they're going to replace him with? What country star? Um, the research that I did actually showed that um, the rumors that I heard was Chance the Rapper is getting in, thrown in the mix. And Well, Chance the Rapper is going to be on the season next yeah. year with, with Blake Shelton and, alongside Nal Horan. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I would really like a Shania Twain. She's not the country, it's the country, but she's Canadian and I like her. You know who I want it to be? I think the biggest boss-ass move is if they replace Blake Shelton with Miranda Lambert. <laughs> probably, I mean, the easiest, not easiest, because I don't know how these contracts and all these shows work, but Miley Cyrus coming back wouldn't be the worst of things. Miley Cyrus was one of the best judges they had. Miley Cyrus yeah. is like, I did it, been there, done that, I don't need it. Well, well the what? issue is she was trying to actually coach these people and teach them things and work with their technique and like constantly got shit on for it. So what about now, Reba? Well, that's what I was going to say. I think, I think if we are, go- obviously you're going to have to replace Blake with a country person. Reba mm-hmm. will be so much fun. Give Dolly one year. Here. Let let Dolly spin around in a chair. That would be so fun. Like they I want Dolly. Dolly. They couldn't afford Dolly. They don't... Dolly would say, "I'll give you the the money to a charity because that's what I do. I'm amazing." No, it's no. just not worth it. Dolly's Fine. too famous. Dolly's too big for that. Just like you're never going to see Gaga do it. They'll do the one episode, the like mega superstar coach that works with everyone who's on the now, show at that point. Here's here's another. I'm going to throw out another name. Carrie Underwood. She'd be good. Conservative Barbie, sure. What about Kelly? Listen, she, we've had Kelly Clarkson, we've had Jennifer Hudson. Let's put another one on, or you know what? Let's shake it all about. Put Adam Lambert on. I'll take that. Eh. Wow. Well, are you looking for country? No, I'm just looking for past American Idols at this point. But you said country. No, I know. So I you know. Were looking country. Adam I, I know. I, I I went from Carrie Underwood, and now I'm going to American Idol. Okay. The right, Scotty McCreary. Thin. Put Scotty McCreary on. Are you happy like that one? Good steal, Katy Perry. Kelly Pickler. Kelly Pickler. Oh my God, Kelly I Pickler. I love Kelly Pickler. Um, um, Tori Kelly. Yeah, Tori mm-hmm. Kelly was. She's technically an amazing singer. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, Mikey, how would you do on The Voice? How many chairs would you turn? I mean, listen, this is a conversation I have with Mike. We have a, that conversation all the time. Every time a new season starts, we say, okay, which of these four judges, if we got an all chair turn, would we want on our, like, who would we go with? Because we're looking at who's going to give us actual, like, real concrete advice and who's just going to be like, pick out a shiny outfit. I'm Gwen Stefani. It's mm-hmm. never Gwen Stefani. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know how well I do. I think it would depend all honestly on how early in I went versus how late in. Because if you go in towards the back half when their teams are pretty much filled up, they're looking for a very specific thing. And if I'm not that very specific thing, they're not going to turn for me. And it also depends on what song choice am I doing. If I'm doing something Obviously, you're going to be singing Don't Rain on Moon Parade. I, I might get a chair turn or two. I might get three or four. It depends on... How, what key I do it in, what key they want me to do it in, the arrangement, because they don't do the full three to four minute arrangement. It's a minute and a half usually you get. So if the minute and a half isn't a good arrangement or it's not a good song choice, because some of them don't know how to fuck to pick songs. And it's if they also approve that, because that's a Broadway standard and most people uh-huh. don't get Broadway standards. Oh, they may oh, try oh. and push me towards... Oh, reality else. TV. People don't realize yeah. how shady the audition process is for oh, reality TV. it's fully shady. Mm-hmm. As I discussed on the preview podcast for Dragula, 
don't forget that what was aired when Eva Destruction was on America's Got Talent was not what was actually played in the performance. She did her laugh track. That was not what was aired for America. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why she looked like a damn fool. Mm-hmm. Not her fault. It's reality TV. Zalika, make a request. What do you want Mikey to sing? Um, I was going to talk about my own experience auditioning for The Voice, but whatever. Because um, no one cares about Zalika anymore. No, I don't know. I haven't heard Mikey sing before, so I wouldn't know what to pick. But if you said you were going to do Don't Rain in My Parade, um, taking any Ariana Grande song and turning it into like a ballad, like a slower song would be cute. Yeah. All right. Now, Zalika, tell us about your audition process for The Voice. I didn't know this. So when I was in high school, my senior year, I auditioned for The Voice virtually. Um, I made it to like a second callback process virtually. And then I got asked to come in person, but overslept. That is so on brand. Right? Yeah. No, I I overslept. And then they asked if I wanted to come and do it like, like, a, like a reschedule moment. And I was like, God, no, because then I, <laughs> I saw all the other people like there are example auditions and I was like, I am not that good, but I will tell you, I sang for my final audition, the one final audition I did with them. I sang um, uh, an acoustic version of uh, Your Love Is My Direct by Kesha. Very cool. My big issue with the voice though, is that it's always like a 15 year old girl that wins because middle America is the primary watcher of it. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. love middle America, 15 year old girls that sing some country and kind of warble it out. Um, there was, and they also love tragedy uh, in like the voice process. No, I had I know, I knew I someone know, in LA yeah. that was auditioning and she said she got all the way to the end and I've heard her say brilliant, like should be on the voice. And she was like, they got to the end and they were like, what's your story? What's your story? And like all these people had tragedies of like people in car accidents and cancer and this and that. And she's like, I've never had a tra- like trauma in my life. She's like, I just live my life happy and carefree. And I've not, I don't have anything like that. So she got cut. And she was like, I was probably better than 90% of the people there. And then I watched the season and she was. Um, it's reality TV. We're not shocked. No. It's what makes a good story. Who are we rooting for? We're not going to root for the upbeat, happy, rah, rah, rah girl. We want to see tragedy so we can root for like the underdog. They love tragedy. Oh my God, wait, are we talking about Drag Race? I was going to say they also love, correct. They love tragedy because they had Stephanie's child on. They love tragedy. <gasps> <laughs> Nidra Bell was very good. We love Nidra Bell. Nidra Bell did great. No, Nidra Bell, I, to this day, I still work with her. And she comes to Hawaii sometimes. And every time she's there, I always say, I always look around. I'm like, where's Stephanie's child? (laughs) (laughs) No, listen, Nidra Bell was very good. Nidra Bell was really one of the first drag artists to be on a reality show like that. So Mm -hmm. kudos, Nidra Bell. Um, But again, it was the story. They just didn't, they had nothing to do with Nidra anymore. And Mm -hmm. that's what, whatever. Um, Good times, good times. So what other, besides country people, who else needs a stint on The Voice? Now, we, if you go to the international se- uh, seasons, there have been a lot of like, oh, so you're not famous here anymore, but you can do it over there, Kelly Rowland. Um, boy George. Boy George. Um, uh, 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 who else? Who else needs a little gig on The Voice? I think Kesha could do it. Kesha could do it. Like, Kesha you- knows music. Yeah. Yeah. Kesha would be really good and like also would be a great way for her to show like herself recreating her image but like also connecting to her like old roots that she actually liked because she does that sometimes on tour are are there any queer artists that need a stint because we haven't really had any um Betty Who Betty Who would be fun no one knows who Betty Who is in middle America but I love Betty Who 
Mm-hmm. Who else, Mikey? Well, it's tough because I'm looking at it from who's going to be a good coach and who's going to be good TV. Because that's yeah. the thing. Blake's good TV. He's not a good coach. He Adam doesn't Lambert. know music. Who? Elton John. Adam Lambert. Elton John would be good, but I think Elton John's too big a name to. Well, he's been think. working with, like, look at him. He like picks up any, like, Dua Lipa, Britney Spears, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Charlie Puth. Uh, he doesn't know music. I can look at him and know he know, doesn't know music. Did you like the album? And Maids Leak listen to it. Did you like it? I did not listen to it. Rude. Made me listen to, I listened to 30 seconds of one song. <laughs> and then said, no, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Um, any other bigger names like an Ariana Grande type that you think will do a stint? What about Christian Chenoweth? I would love to see some Broadway folks like an Audra McDonald. Um, you know what? Jennifer Holiday would be fun. She'd be good TV. She wouldn't be a good coach. I don't think they could contain her for more than five minutes. That's why she'd be a good TV. I think, Ooh, girl. I do think, though, going back to Tori Kelly, I think she would actually do it. She did do Mass Singer. It's true. Yeah. I mean, not far. Um, so. um, oh, uh, Winona Judge. Mm-hmm, I think like mm-hmm. any celebrity who's done the mass singer is fair game to do the voice. <laughs> well, I almost wonder if you are a contestant on the mass singer, are you not big enough for a coaching gig on the voice? No, they Some of them. I the mass singer, so like you said, like reality TV behind the scenes. Allegedly, the mass singer is beyond overproduced in the sense where that before they even film out the season, they get the celebrities and they're like, What is your schedule? Literally. And no, the first two seasons, it was like, okay, it's an actual competition. Now it's like, okay, we have this person for one day. Here it is. Bye. Yeah. That's it. Um, but it's it's been, this season's been interesting. Um, obvi- like this was, we got the big reveal that Eric Idle had cancer. No one knew that until The Masked Singer. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Let's go to a bit of a controversial topic. Uh, one that has been uh, very, very active on the message boards, but... The moral of this story is we all need to do better in the world of accessibility in theater, but let's discuss how we got there. This week, during a performance of Hadestown, star of the show Lilius White reprimanded an audience member for what she believed was a phone, but was in fact a captioning device. Since then, the audience member in question has come to the star's defense saying that White is not a malicious person or the enemy of the situation, as social media has been flooded with ageism and racist comments against the, against the former muse from Hercules. Samantha Coleman was sitting in the front row with a venue-provided captioning device when the star mistook it for a recording device. Mm-hmm. While social media took to attacking White for her actions, many have noted that while she is Black, a white actress named Patty Lapone has been praised on multiple occasions for stopping her show that due part. to phone mishap. So how do we do better to ensure this never happens again? Because this is very layered. Okay, so I think we as a country and we as like, especially because... I feel passionate about this because of a different circumstance, but still, it's the same thing. I think as a country, we need to do better with ableism because even if you look at the Dr. Oz campaign on John Fetterman and him, his whole like shtick right now, I don't know how much y'all know about that, but they're both running for Senate in Pennsylvania. I think it's Pennsylvania. Yes. Um, Fetterman is using a captioning device right now because he had a stroke and they even show you in interviews how it works and how he like just uses it and like he's still able. He just... To, to like have a conversation and to go through it and like do his job but dr oz is like totally hounding on him and is like being a total douche about it and i'm like 
that's like it's disgusting on like on on a national scale it's disgusting on like even in this situation it's like when are we as a society going to learn how to present these things to everyone like i don't know whether it's a situation where they told like i don't know how broadway works i don't care how broadway works but i don't know if there's a situation where it's like all the actors and actresses and people who are in the show they're like hey by the way this is what the, the device looks like that they're gonna have or was it a situation where like they never told her and she's just like it looks like a cell phone like i don't so well it was a cell phone but you know what i mean like it looks like they i don't know how they never told her that's they part never of the problem told, they never I, so i have cast. i have been on i've worked on broadway before i've worked off broadway before as a stage manager i know how this how most of the time this works usually when there is some sort of device that is going to be in the audience the house management team will relay that to the stage management team who will relay that to the cast. Allegedly, this did not happen. And allegedly, the cast did not know what this device was or looks like. Mm-hmm. The way Town works, most of the cast is on stage the entire time. So there was no way to relay this information after the first time Lilius White said something. If there was a chance to do that, obviously, she wouldn't have done it the second time. But because she's on stage, you can't do that. That being said, um, yes, it's up to the producers of the show, the house management team, everyone to teach everyone about these devices. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you you can't say, well, this person shouldn't have been in the front row with this device. You can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. But that's then up to the entire team within the backstage and front of house team to relay this information and say, hey, this may affect you just so you're aware and then it's over. It's a dead issue. You perform and you know and you're aware. But this never happened. And the fact that it now leads to other comments from the peanut gallery attacking Lilius White, it's not okay. Because at the end of the day, Patty Lapone did it as well. And it has been lauded as, yeah, Patty. To an approved photographer, by the way. She had an approved photographer there thrown out because she didn't know it was happening and everyone was cheering and going, oh, Patty, this is fully racism. If she was a white woman, it would be fine. It is because Lilius White is a bigger black woman. The internet needs to come for her. And then again, it is a lot of people being like, oh my God, she was attacking um, someone who was hard of hearing. She was not doing that. No, Patty attacked someone. She didn't attack her because she knew she was um, disabled. She had she thought it was a cell phone. End of story. And it it's not her fault. She doesn't deserve what she's getting. No. But at the end of the day, Broadway and theater in general needs to do better when it comes to accessibility. Um, I've been to shows where um, you've had special presentations where they've had monitors on either side of the stage with the words. And that's great. It's brilliant. But why, why can't we maybe incorporate that more often? Why can't it be part of the way we view theater? Um, but also the bigger question is how can Broadway stop being racist? Uh, how does anyone stop being racist? Um, obviously I've discussed it before, um, privately and, and I think on the podcast a little bit, uh, a strange loop is closing in January, right? I mean, rightly so in the sense of it's not making money. It shouldn't have been a uh, long open-ended run for the show. It should have been a, here it is Broadway win on a Tony award. And now let's close it. Should have been a limited run. I want to see it though. It looks really good. Remember, remember in June of 2022 when all the white 
twink theater gays all said that they were going to support black theater Hmm. and they were going to support black queer theater specifically. And they were going to do so much better in the theater world. Um, uh, I'm calling y'all where the fuck were you? Like none of you showed up, not a single one of you. I I, can't save anything. What? Twinks can't save anything. But, but like, they made this whole fucking ordeal about how they were going to do that. And then literally the perfect Black queer show is on Broadway. And it's brilliant. I saw it. I may try and go see it a second time before it closes because it was so good. And nobody showed the fuck up. Like, people just need to do better. Maybe it's also because ticket prices are too much. But even Strange Loops ticket prices weren't crazy. They're still too much. For the average person, the average theater person who goes and wants to support theater, they can't afford it. I When I went a couple of weeks ago, I was in the cheapest seats. My entire row was filled. Everything in front of me was not. It's too expensive. I I do agree. Back theater. in the day, back in the day when I went to TKTS and and twofers was basically one hundred twenty dollars for two tickets. It's now one ticket is one hundred twenty dollars. We got we. Broadway's got to make it more accessible. I don't disagree with that statement, but I also do look around at the inflation of everything going up and the expectation that Broadway was supposed to stay the same. And you also can look at Hamilton as a reason that that's why it's going up. Hamilton's making so much money. So now ticket prices are all rising because Hamilton's charging $500 for a nosebleed. And they also did the $10 initiative, which I think um, I wish other shows could do as well, but they don't have the backing that uh, Hamilton did. But Strange Loops also on TKTS every single day. Go to TKTS, get a ticket. Like people just needed to show up. Like my husband and I went to TKTS we got a ticket for it. We were able to go see it. It was part of when we did our giant, uh, in May, we did a giant tour of, of theater and we primarily focused on black and queer theater. We saw For Colored Girls. We saw Paradise Square, which in hindsight, mm, Paradise Square wasn't great with what the producers did to the cast and crew of it. But we saw Strange Loop. Like we went out of our way specifically to see theater created by black people and what well, happened I'm, I'm going to give a, a a spoiler for what we're going to talk about next week but i don't know if anyone saw um that interview in i think it was variety oh i sure of, did one of the cast members of 1776 how she just destroyed her entire career oh, um you do I not say that. that you are performing at 75 percent and expect anyone to want to hire you you do not say that it was honest. I don't care. If you, at any job, say you're not doing your best, you get fired. Theater should be the same. But we'll talk about it next week. Um, I would like to go see Lilia White. I've always been a big fan of hers. Um, and, and Hadestown is a pretty good show. So I'd like to see her rendition in it. But um, That's I hope on the she... List. I hope she doesn't get any backlash from the producers or anything. And she shouldn't, but we'll see. She um, shouldn't. Let's just remember what happened to Great Comet. But whatever. All right. Um, our final topic. Are we ready? 
Picture it. Poe Dameron in drag. If Oscar Isaac gets his way, you might see it. The Star Wars and Moon Knight star said at a panel at Comic-Con New York City that he would like to be on Drag Race either as a judge or contestant. He is a super fan of the show and even turned up to a Brooklyn gay bar to watch the season 14 finale with a gaggle of gays. He apparently did drag at a young age and was named Raisin by his sister. How do you think he'd do on the show? Zalika, as their resident drag artist. He wouldn't do great. Because, well, I mean, it depends. If he did Celebrity Drag Race, he'd probably do fine. If he did regular Drag Race, he probably would suck. Celebrities think they can do any. Well, no, he's a celebrity. They'd probably get him to the top three or at least top five because he has the pull. It doesn't really matter how, look at Twinkle D and Twinkle Dumb on this next season. It doesn't matter. If you have the audience, no one cares. Listeners, I'm not saying anything of names of, twink, of who Twinkle D and Twinkle Dumb is. Sugar and spice. Um, but you it, can figure it out. They suck um, at performing. They, okay, okay, great. Their looks are great, but they suck at performing. They have no actual track record of being real decent drag queens. They're, tic- they're TikTok stars. If you are a celebrity, you can get whatever you want in this world. Mikey. Are you a fan of Oscar Isaac? I also have no idea who the fuck Oscar Isaac is, honestly. If you, are like, you, t- 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 you he was not in seen Moon Knight. Yeah, he was never the, seen Moon Knight. So that's it's so good. It is I've so good. It's so, so good. Wait, you neither of you have seen the new the the recent Star Wars trilogy? I don't watch um, Star Wars. I've seen the original three, and that's it. Wow. So disappointing. I'm so sad right now. No, the news topic is disappointing. This is not a big story. I would rather talk about the Try Guys for a fourth week than talk. <laughs> about what is it, what new thing has the Try Guys done besides audition for a Broadway show? So Eugene actually addressed everything in his stories. He put three, like four stories up in like three seconds, like not even that long of snippets, saying he's thankful for all the fans. You probably won't see him for every other fourth video, but that he's working on other projects and he's happy that they can finally actually talk about what's going on, not talk about, but like they're, everyone knows what's going on. So now they're trying to find humor in it, which I think is great for all of them. Try guys, um, try drag race. Oh, we also could have talked about the SNL skit that like was fucked up beyond belief. Yeah, which because one? so allegedly, so the try guys had a skit, they did an SNL skit where they were mm-hmm. this big, like real news article story, whatever. And then they, they were like breaking news. We have a real, live report from the try guys they have a final word and everyone's like who the fuck is the try guys and this guy's like no you don't know the try guys you're serious and it was so watered down because allegedly a friend of ned works on snl and they were trying to make it as like make him look as good as possible yeah and it like totally neglected like owning up to the fact that the real issue was the fact that it was they're making light of sexual uh assault in the workplace and like the fact that there was that power dynamic situation because, oh, it came out, SNL has swept things under the rug of the same exact dynamic. I mean, as a not Try Guy person, I thought it was a funny sketch, but. Oh, the sketch was funny. I just, it was very, like, it was, you could tell it was very watered down. Like, think about how far they could have, like, if they took, like, the Ned's our friend lens off, it would have been, like, even more, like, for yeah. The way I saw the sketch was of the lens of most of America probably doesn't know who the Try Guys are watching the show, and that was the really part of the joke. 
Mm-hmm. That's not how I took it. I took it as they kept because they kept talking about how oh well he fought he got fired because he had an affair and like well yes there's more nuance to it than he just had an affair. Mm-hmm. You were a Try Guys fan prior to it, yes? Yeah, no. I like remember my I mom had the toothy tall guy. I don't, I don't. My, know my mom had no idea who the Try Guys were, and I was like, kind of in the lens of like like the reporter of like who the hell are these people? Why is this news? Um, also, um. I don't know why I interrupted you. I thought I had a train of thought and I totally lost it. It's okay. Oh, oh the, um, the person who was in the cheating scandal, the food baby, she, they just released a video on the Try Guy channel with her in it and like in, did not address it. They literally just at the top of the video were like, we're going to address it on the other channel, but for now, here's our content. So like, Wild. Still work, she still works. Alex, I think it was one yeah. of the food babies, but she still works. There. They can't fire her. No, I they know, can't. but like, it's just wild. Yeah, it's all just so wild. Try guys, try Poe Dameron. Uh, try guys, try Oscar Isaac. Let's see. Um, so you really don't want to see Oscar Isaac on Drag Race. I don't want to see any celebrities on. If you are not famous in drag for being a great drag queen, you have no space on Drag Race. Period. Agreed. Do celebrity Drag Race? That's great. Do the fine. Can he be a judge? Race. Sure. Who the fuck cares? I don't give a fuck. They don't they, like they actually listen to the judges' opinions anyway. Sure, they do. No, no the whole season's not. already mapped out from the jump. Production value, production. What's going to give us the best story? And if you're not Are giving you a story, Drag go Race home. is rigged. Girl, we all knew no Drag Race is rigged. It's just how obvious is it rigged? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Why is she acting brand new today? I don't know. Because I'm, I'm in a mood. hijacked the podcast and didn't talk about Oscar Isaac. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. I just cannot believe you didn't don't know who Oscar Isaac is. He's very very sexy. He's like very not very really. sexy. He's not girl. He's she... average. Well, I think that maybe maybe not to the gays, but I know the ladies are obsessed with. Um, are they? I, uh, yes. I think it's shocking yes. that you find someone who's not a twink sexy. That's what I find. That is a little shocking. Wow. Wow. Just wait till my tell all book. Um, Mikey's going to get destroyed. Why are you so vicious to me? I'm being attacked again. Zalika, is Mikey being attacked? No, yes. Okay. Well, we don't like what are you both on Mikey crime? What are you both looking forward to next week? I, I am so excited for the return of the White Lotus. Oh, yeah. It's coming. It's coming up. Cannot wait. Um, it's going to be so good. I'm excited for the new American Horror Story. Oh, yeah. They filmed most of it at House of Yes and portion of it at Pieces. So I'm excited to see. I just... Whatever. My whatever it, it's gonna be what it is and that's all i'm gonna say is it, uh, ryan murphy's gonna do his shit once again and when it could be a great queer story about a very specific time period he's gonna fuck it up because that's what he does with american horror story i mean it's just scary pose this year mm-hmm. I, I just hope whatever he does doesn't hurt the world of kink because I know he's going to do something to fuck it up. Oh, I thought it was going to go more alongside of the 
I'm what well, I'm afraid. See, I think knowing Ryan Murphy, he's gonna try to push the envelope of something that's going on right now. That's pop culture, and I just really hope he doesn't go down the serial killer route. Like I know, okay, okay. Let me explain what I mean by that, because obviously he every season has killers and shit like that. What I mean, like, is I hope he doesn't try to like allude to like a like um Jeffrey Dahmer kind of thing, and like try to sensationalize that and be like, it's not Jeffrey Dahmer, it's other white guy named Druger or some bullshit, and is like a New York City serial killer who's only attacking the gay community and then eating them. Like, we don't need that right now. Like, we do not need that right now. And if he knowing his he's on his if he's on his bullshit. That's something that in my back of my mind I've been thinking about. But like if he goes for the kink community, he always has some element of kink in a series, so who cares? Um, before we 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 move on from this topic, have either of you ever gone cruising in the rambles? I don't know where the rambles are. I'm yes, not cruising. Do. I don't know what the rambles are though. The rambles are in Central Park. It's that area behind the the, the lake. No. Have neither of you seen Angels in America? No. There's a whole scene about it. I mean, in the I've first done, one. I've done things in Central Park, but not in that part of the park. Yeah, that's where all the, the, the gays would cruise, and that's the whole um, hanky code um, uh, world came from that. Oh, I love the hanky code. What's your hanky yeah. code of choice? We're not going to discuss that on the podcast. That's for the paid uh, Patreon. Mikey is turning his face because Mikey has things he wants to say right now. I was just going to say Hunter Green, but... Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, American Horror Story. He's definitely going to do that. Not Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer bullshit. Because then it will tie back to his television program on Netflix, so he can get more money. Yeah. Um, full prediction. Yeah. Um, what's coming up this week that I'm excited for? I don't know. It's we'll see where the week takes us. I don't. I'm I'm home all by myself this week because my husband is going to the Austin City Limits, and then he's in L.A. for Lil Nas X, so I am all by myself, so who knows what hijinks I'm going to get into. Jerking oh, I know what hijinks you're going to get into. Jerking off and order pizza. Jerking off and order pizza. Why jerk off when the gay men's bear retreat is right up the mountain from me? Oh, that's yep, bad. that's what I've predicted. Um, Mike, you're going to have so much fun. Good it's going to be you. wild. Good, good for you. You're going to have a house party. You're going to break things. It's going to be great. Uh, no breaking. I own this house. Can't break things. Just break your back. Eh. All right, where can we find you both on social media and Venmo? Zalika, you go first. You can find me on Instagram at ZalikaNYC. That's Z is in zebra, A is in anal, L and L is in licking, I is in incest, K is in kangaroo, and A is in alphabet NYC, like the city I live in. Or on Venmo at tip the drag queen, tip like my PP, the drag queen like my job. I have brunch on Saturdays at Tabaret and Bushwick. Sunday at the Lower East Side at Cell Rose for Babes Who Brunch with Vixen, who you should nominate me for Best Duo at the Glam Awards. Hot Mess once a month in a monthly drag competition. If you would like to sign up, hit me up. And I always have a secret project or two that I'm working on. And this next one, boys, is going to be thrilling. So you're sitting on a secret. Sitting on a secret. Wish you could keep it. Put this up my butt. Yeah. Mikey, what about you? Um, I think, you know, this week we talked about the reviews I've been doing, but if you go to crossborderinterviews.ca slash lights of Broadway, um, I am, that's where I'm posting all my reviews. I'm getting all my reviews for theater. Uh, please go read them, review them. The more clicks you get, the hap- or the more clicks they get, the happier I will be. Um, and that's a very easy 
free way for you to go and support me um, by continuing to click through those. Um, it's 11 o'clock. And then I'm on Instagram at Mikey Nichols Pate. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. Until next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. The biggest thanks to Mikey and Zalika for coming on. Subscribe in your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaminthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs>